What's going on? This is the Big Blue Unbiased Podcast. I'm your host, Vincent Rapisardi. This is the second podcast that I've done this offseason, and it's something I want to continue to do moving forward. Eventually, I want to get podcasting clips to Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Vince Rapisardi. I also have a website, bigblueunbiased.com. I've been doing a lot of website development lately, different branding changes, so there hasn't been much written content, but that will change moving forward. So in this podcast, I want to talk about the value of taking an offensive tackle, fourth overall, as opposed to taking a player like Isaiah Simmons. I also want to get into the recent comments uh, made by Dave Gettleman to the media regarding potentially scheming up a pass rush in 2020 and not potentially not re-signing a player like Marcus Golden or bringing in a, a free agent like Jadavian Clowney. He also got into the depth um, of offensive line prospects in the upcoming draft. So I do want to get into that. But I'll start with uh, the overall value of an offensive tackle, fourth overall. So over the last five years, the last five drafts, there hasn't been an offensive tackle taken in the top five. An offensive tackle, not one taken in the top five over the last five years. A lot of people are going to say that's because the drafts haven't been very good on the offensive line or specifically at offensive tackle, and that's fair enough. But this draft is expected to be pretty good on the offensive line. There's supposed to be a ton of good uh, starting caliber offensive tackles and offensive linemen in general. So I went ahead and I looked at different big boards. Not mock drafts. Mock drafts could be, you know, depending on team needs. I went and looked at big boards. How do, how are people valuing, like, overall football players? Like, overall prospects in general? And for the most part, the highest graded offensive lineman was around 7 or 8 on most big boards. CBS Sports had him at 7, Mel Kuyper... I had an offensive lineman at seven. Those were Worfs and Becton. The Draft Network, Bleacher Board, and Sports Illustrated had Jedrick Wills at eight on their big board. So those were the highest uh, graded offensive linemen, seven or eight on most big boards. And not that those big boards are the end-all, be-all, right? Teams are going to obviously have different big boards and value different players differently. Even from team to team, they're going to value players differently and have different big boards. But I do find that interesting, right? So let's kind of put it together. Let's 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 about taking an offensive tackle fourth overall. Last five years, not a single one taken in the top five. A lot of people still looking at offensive line prospects near the seventh or eighth best player in the draft. And look, if the Giants go ahead and they take one of these guys and he becomes a franchise left tackle, then nobody's going to care, right, if you took him at four or if you traded back and you took him at ten. But if we're looking at the draft based on value, which is what I will continue to say and continue to bring up, value. If I'm going to take an offensive tackle, it's going to be trading back. And I know that sounds, you know, very simple, easier said than done, finding a trade partner and trading back. But the Giants are not just an offensive tackle away from being a good team. They have many holes. So if you're going to take an offensive tackle in the first round, when there seems to be about four really good prospects that are going to be taken within the top 15 picks, it's not like there's one prospect that seems to be a franchise left tackle and that's it. Within the top 15, you have Wills, Wirfs, Becton, and Thomas. You have guys that are all being lumped up in the same category as being potentially very good offensive tackles. So you could trade back, which is what I think that they should do if, they're, if they truly want to take an offensive tackle in the first round, accumulate picks, and especially add depth on their defense and add starters on their defense because they do need help on the defense still. So that's why I probably wouldn't take an offensive tackle fourth overall based on the overall depth. And if you look at second round options, 
You're looking at players like Josh Jones, Austin Jackson, Ezra Cleveland, Isaiah Wilson, Matt Hennessy, who's a center. You're looking at a ton of good, uh, expected to be good, quality starting offensive linemen. Four of those five that I mentioned, offensive tackles, which is what a lot of people want to eventually replace Nate Solder, you know, after the 2020 season or even maybe during the 2020 season. Is it the Grand Canyon between Thomas, Willis, Wills, Werfs, Becton, and Josh Jones, Austin Jackson, Ezra Cleveland, and Isaiah Wilson? I don't know. I mean, the first four, yes, they, they are expected to be better players. But like I said, is it that big of a difference that if you took an Isaiah Simmons, Isaiah Simmons fourth overall, and you went in the second round and you took Jones, Jackson, Cleveland, Wilson, or Hennessy, that it would be this huge drop-off? Hennessy obviously being a center. But would it be this huge drop-off? I don't know. I'm going to say probably not. And I recently put out a tweet about the 2007 Giants Super Bowl winning offensive line and how David Deal was a fifth-round pick, uh, Rich Soiber, he was undrafted. Sean O'Hara, although he was signed, was undrafted. Kristen, he was a second-round pick. Kareem McKenzie was signed, but he was a third-round draft pick. And my point wasn't to say, hey, don't take an offensive lineman in the first round. My point was, you can find value throughout the draft and even after the draft. Look at Nick Gates, who Dave Gettleman recently said they have faith in to potentially start at center or at right tackle. He was undrafted. You can find... you. It's not just... Boom or bust, you have to take an offensive tackle at four, and he's going to be a franchise left tackle, and that's the only option of getting a good quality offensive lineman, or specifically offensive tackle. And my worry is that people are creating this expectation that, hey, just take a guy at four, he's going to be the franchise left tackle, he's going to play left tackle from day one, he's going to eliminate every good pass rusher, and for a decade he's going to protect the blind side of Daniel Jones. Those are lofty expectations for a rookie. As opposed to maybe a player that gets taken in the second round. And let's be fair. The Giants are a developing team. They're not ready to win right now. So let's say they do take an Austin Jackson. And they start him at right tackle. And he gets a year of you know developing. He develops for an entire year. And he has his good, good moments and he has his bad moments. Okay. You let him develop, you let him do his thing, you let him have his struggles, you let him have his success. The expectations of taking a guy at four are like, he needs to dominate right away. And not that you should completely just draft players based on expectation, but it's important to understand where the Giants are at. They're not at a point where just give Daniel Jones a, a future you know, a franchise left tackle at four and they're going to start winning 12 games this year and be a Super Bowl contender. They're many pieces away. So it may benefit them to take a developmental, more of a developmental offensive lineman who maybe has his struggles but continues to get better as the season goes along during his rookie year. And then in his second year, he can slide over and be that left tackle and they can move on from Nate Solder. So I'll get into Isaiah Simmons and why I would take him fourth overall. The thing is with me in terms of taking someone fourth overall, I'll continue to repeat the same word, value. With Isaiah Simmons, the value of his position versatility is off the charts. He's not just an off-ball linebacker as people continue to repeat. 
he played a, at least 100 snaps last year, according to Pro Football Focus, <clears throat> at, offensive, at outside linebacker, inside linebacker, slot corner, free safety, and strong safety. You can play him anywhere. And he has, he has proven to have the skill set, a, a strong skill set, as both a cover guy and rushing the passer or being an effective blitzer. Last year, he allowed a pass rating of 56.5, which was the, high, which was the, the lowest or the best of any safety in the ACC. He also had a pressure rate of 33%, which is incredible. 23 pressures on 70 pass rushing attempts. That led college football. So you're talking about a guy who in today's game, in a, in a, a passing league, right, a pass-happy league, can cover very well and play multiple positions, slot corner, free safety, strong safety, linebacker, do whatever you need. He can cover well and... He can be an effective pass rusher when needed, or even if they depends on how many snaps, pass rushing snaps they want to give him. Depending on his skill set, I would try and give him as much as possible. But that's why I would take Isaiah Simmons fourth overall. Value, position, versatility. He can do multiple things very well, or is projected to do multiple things very well, as opposed to. As as I will continue to repeat, is it the Grand Canyon between Andrew Thomas and potentially Austin Jackson or Josh Jones? I mean, Andrew Thomas is the better prospect. Or that's what people are telling us than Austin Jackson or Josh Jones or an Ezra Cleveland or an Isaiah Wilson. But the Giants are in a position of development anyway. You're you're not drafting a guy at four to be the left tackle and immediately solidify the offensive line so the Giants go ahead and win twelve games in twenty twenty. It's, it's, they're a developing team anyway. Something to consider. And also, like, lower the expectations a little bit because I don't think it's fair to the player to just expect him to come in and be a franchise left tackle. Maybe he, whoever they take at four, maybe if they do take an off to tackle four, maybe he comes in and he's a great player. And all of a sudden, the pick, you can validate the pick, and that's fine. But just lower the expectations because I just don't think that's fair for any prospect to step in and automatically solidify the offensive line, which has been a topic of discussion for years. So I'll get on to Dave Gettleman. And he recently talked to the media um, about the defense and scheming up a defense, right? Um, Scheming up a pass rush for the defense. And a lot of people are kind of concerned about that in a way in terms of like they still don't have that premium pass rusher. And I think what he really meant by that comment was that they're still waiting for Ocean Eximenes and Lorenzo Carter, and they're waiting to see if those guys are going to be legitimate pass rushers, guys who can get after the quarterback consistently, provide pressure, you know, at least sack the quarterback eight to ten times, accumulate twenty-five plus pressures, fifteen plus quarterback hits uh, consistently. <clears throat> so when he mentions the fact about when he mentions the idea about scheming up a pass rush, that I really feel is it all depends on how the pups come along, which is an interesting, I'm kind of paraphrasing there a little bit, but that's an interesting quote that he put out there um, after the season, at the end of the year, about the young players on the team. <clears throat> it really is about how the pups come along. Because if Ocean Eximinus takes the next step or Lorenzo Carter takes the next next step and all of a sudden you have two solid edge rushers and then Kyler Fackrell adds that pass rushing uh, ability that I'll, I'll get into uh, in a little bit. 
all of a sudden you don't have to scheme a pass rush. You will just naturally have a pass rush. Obviously that will give you more options. <clears throat> what I also find interesting, the addition of Blake Martinez. Aside from him being, uh, I would say, kind of a leader, they're expecting him to kind of be like that defensive play caller, that true middle linebacker, right? The leader of their defense who can make a bunch of tackles and stop the run. He was an incredibly, he's been an incredibly efficient blitzer. Over the last two seasons, he's had a pressure rate of 13.3%. And to give that perspective, TJ Watt has had a pressure rate of 11.5%, and he led the league in pressures last year. <clears throat> Obviously, T.J. Watt had more pass rushing opportunities than Blake Martinez, but it just goes to show it's a good reference. So Blake Martinez had a pressure rate of 13.3%, 16 pressures, 8 sacks. He showed that he is a very good blitzer. And if you look at pass rushing snaps, last year he only had 36 snaps as a, as a pass rusher. But the year before, with Patrick Graham on staff, who's now the Giants defensive coordinator, he had 84 so he had 36 snaps in 2019, and then with Patrick Graham on staff in 2018 with the Packers, he had 84. Patrick Graham, now the defensive coordinator with the Giants. So I find that interesting, the amount of pass rushing snaps that he had and opportunities to get after the quarterback, which then kind of leads me into Isaiah Simmons, right? Isaiah Simmons offers that ability to be a very good blitzer. Now, all of a sudden, yeah, maybe you're, you're, you kind of have to trust Ocean Eximinus and Lorenzo Carter but if they do draft Isaiah Simmons, now you have two guys who, if Isaiah Simmons is playing kind of that inside linebacker role with Blake Martinez, you have two guys who can be incredibly efficient pass rushers when needed. Just something to think about, right? When he made that comment about potentially having to uh, kind of scheme a pass rush together. And if you look at Eximenez last year, he only played 45% of snaps, but four and a half sacks, 12 pressures, nine quarterback hits, very promising for his future. Lorenzo Carter played 65% of snaps, played uh, you know, much more than Eximenez. 23 pressures, which is promising. That, that's, that's, um, you, that's something you'd like to see, especially from a young player. His missed tackle percentage is a little bit high. <clears throat> but as a pass rusher, there's definitely something there with Lorenzo Carter. Kyler Fackrell, you look at 2018, 2019 didn't play much because of Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith uh, being added to the roster in free agency. Uh, so Kyler Fackrell kind of lost his spot. But in 2018, 10 and a half sacks, 18 pressures, 12 quarterback hits, only 59% of snaps. So that's kind of how they can scheme together a pass rush, right? They can kind of compile these guys who can, in total, put together a pass rush. And it's kind of interesting. It's almost like how baseball is starting to put together rosters, right? Based on analytics, based on certain guys where, where you kind of add up their, their their war, right? And you say, all right, you have a guy who has four and a half war and you keep adding guys that maybe aren't stars, right? They're not Jadavian Clowney or premier edge rusher, but they're above average players and you just, you have a bunch of above average players and it equals something very good and it equals something that's legitimate. And that's more than competent. I think that's an interesting uh, analogy to kind of put together. It's almost, he's almost constructing a defense like you would construct a baseball team or how modern day baseball is being constructed. I think the Minnesota Twins are a great example of that, especially last year. 
where they, they really don't, it seems like they don't have like a bunch of stars on their team, but they win a bunch of games. Or the Tampa Bay Rays, not a bunch of stars in their team, but they, they have a bunch of players who are above average. And they look at the true value of those players and their overall war. And in total, it makes a good team. So I think those are kind of the comments that he made. That's kind of analyzing the comments that he made about scheming up a pass rush. Um, but they really won't have to do that much if Eximenes and Carter, the pups, come along. Gettleman also got into, um, I, I don't know. I don't know if he tipped his hand in regard to the upcoming NFL draft. I don't think it matters, but um, he did say about the defense um, that they want to keep building it. Could that mean Isaiah Simmons at four? Maybe. Maybe that just means nothing. Maybe they, that means in the second or third round. Maybe that means trading back and accumulating picks. No idea. But he did say that there's depth when it came to offensive line prospects, which I thought was very interesting. So he's acknowledging this, de- this draft is very deep on the offensive line. He also acknowledged that they need to keep building the defense. He also acknowledged about scheming together a pass rush. If I'm putting those pieces together, my translation is probably Isaiah Simmons fourth overall, and then offensive line, specifically offensive tackle in the second round, and then maybe even a center in the third round. Because it all kind of adds up. He understands that you don't have to take a tackle at four to get a starting caliber player. He also understands that they need help on defense. People got to stop. I know that you, a lot of people want to build the offensive line, and that's that's smart, and you should do that. And, and I'm not saying don't add prospects on the offensive line in this draft. But they need help on defense, too. Statistically, it was one of the worst defenses in franchise history, and that had a lot to do with the fact that a lot of young players just getting experience. But still, their DSRS, which is it measures quality, right? D- defensive quality. It's a pro football reference stat. <clears throat> one of the five worst in the history of the Giants franchise. So they still need help on defense. So getting an impact playmaking defensive player like Isaiah Simmons, who plays multiple positions, provides a lot of value. Can they get away with the offensive line that they have? Yeah. They could. And actually, early in the year, they were a pretty good offensive line. If you go back, I, I, I have it on my Twitter account in regard to adjusted line yards and um, different football outsider statistics. They were very good in the first couple of weeks. And then Saquon Barkley got hurt and the running game fell off and he was playing hurt, so it really affected their statistics. But even if you look at the overall amount of sacks that they've given up, a lot of people are pointing to like the bad pass protection. I put out a video and then eventually I kind of put stats, I put analytics with it or put stats with it. Daniel Jones had eight strip sack fumbles last year. Eight. On those strip sack fumbles, he had an average time of three seconds to throw the football. The average pocket time in the NFL is 2.46 seconds. So he was holding on to the football about a half a second more than the average time that most quarterbacks are given on those strip sack fumbles. And when he's stripped of the football, that's a sack. So it could be a little bit misleading in terms of the overall sack numbers because of his fumbling issue. Whereas if he didn't have a fumbling issue, maybe on those plays he would have just thrown it away, he would have gotten hit on the throw, it would have been incomplete, 
you know, his arm would have went forward. Maybe he would have completed the pass, whatever it might be, right? So it's important to add context to like the overall pass protection of their offensive line. If you, let's just say you take away those eight uh, strip sack fumbles, which if you watch the video, you could really say that like all of them were his fault, or at least like six or seven of them were his fault. Held onto the football way too long. And then the fumbling issues, legit, you know, something legitimate that needs to be fixed. And it's something that can be fixed, definitely fixable, but it's something that needs to be fixed. You cannot continue uh, to fumble at that rate. So add context. They can still find a developmental starting caliber offensive tackle in the second round and still be a competent, you know, good starting offensive line where you would have multiple first-round picks, multiple second-round picks. It's not like they're not addressing that unit while still getting an incredibly versatile defensive player like Isaiah Simmons that doesn't really exist. I mean, Derwin James is the closest comparison, but how many guys can play outside linebacker, inside linebacker, free safety, strong safety, slot corner? Think about the value of what he would bring that you can't find later in the draft. I don't... Does anybody Has anyone talked about an Isaiah Simmons you know, related prospect in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round? How about in the NFL in general? That's why I would go Isaiah Simmons. Not that taking an offensive tackle would be a bad idea. If the Giants feel like they have that franchise-level offensive tackle, and if that player turns out to be a good player, then the pick is worth it. But I'm just going to explain throughout Twitter and throughout my podcast just overall value and why if an offensive tackle is their choice in the first round, it would be wise to try and trade back because there is a strong group of offensive tackles. There's depth. You don't have to take one at four because that's the only good offensive tackle prospect. There are many. And then, like I said, is, is it the Grand Canyon from the first round offensive tackles to the second round offensive tackles? Probably not. Obviously, the first round offensive tackle prospects are better, but the difference probably isn't that big. Whereas the difference between Isaiah Simmons and the next player like him, I don't even know if there is a player like him that you can compare to in the draft. Something to consider. So that's all I got. Vincent Rappasardi, BigBlueUnbiased.com. This is the Big Blue Unbiased podcast. Follow me on Twitter. Again, I'll start posting podcast clips to Twitter. Thanks again for listening. I appreciate it.